Welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Noah Tetzner, a curious student of classical education and podcast producer. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on the Quarter Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to A Court of Three Strands. Last week we talked about, uh, well, children obeying their parents. And in a similar vein today, we're going to be talking about the teaching and training of children and really how that relates to the Christian family. Today's episode is titled The Flourishing Family. Yes, The Flourishing Family. I like that. It kind of goes back to season one. Yeah. We talked about learning yet flourishing. Learning yet flourishing. Yeah, so we're circling back around. So we we had looked at Ephesians chapter six, yes, and that children obey your parents, but but also that fathers are not supposed to exasperate their children, but bring them up in the um, the the training and instruction of the Lord, and um, and so we talked mainly about that idea of obeying, getting your, your children being mm-hmm. obedient to you and not exasperating them. Yeah, uh, but today I want I wanted to go a little further talking about um, what this means that the training and instruction of the Lord and, and how doing so contributes to this idea of a flourishing family and, and hopefully um, kind of loop it all around for, yeah. for, for what we've done all, uh, all 10 episodes. Um, and, and it's really hard. I mean, we, I feel like I, we just scratched the surface on, on things in each of those episodes yeah, uh, but to to be a reminder, we you know season three here is on the family. Season four will be on the church. Season five is going to be on education. So, what I'm going to say, what I said last week, and what I say this week in terms of training and instruction, is really going to be surfacey. Um, but in season five, uh, when we talk about education, it's it's going to be the entire season (laughs) about this. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know if you noticed this, um, but I'm kind of passionate about the education of children, (laughs) a Christian education, a classical Christian education is even better. And, uh, and so we're going to, we're going to talk at length, you know, for 10 episodes in a row, Uh, we'll have some guest speakers on. It's going to be great. I, I have um, David uh, Goodwin from um, the uh, president of the ACCS. He uh, co-wrote a book. Um, that um, that's kind of going making the rounds on the miseducation of America, and uh, and he's going to be one of our our um, yes. he's going to come and speak at Providence Academy, and uh, he's already in part of that deal was he's going to sit down with me for a podcast or two, um, to 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 talk about um his book. So that's awesome. That's that's coming up in season five. Um, so with all that said. 
what, what I mean by flourishing fin. Right? Yeah. So, so flourishing, first of all, flourishing is this idea of, um, of a blessing, right? It has to do with um, the, a result of fulfilling the purpose of something, right? So if, if uh, when I plant my apple trees in the back of my house and uh, you know, I, I made sure that they were, they planted in the right depth. I, you know, I took care of the soil. I, you know, made sure that it was um, everything was needed to, for it to do well. And then, uh, and then this year we just, we had this bumper crop of apples. It's clearly, clearly flourishing, right? Uh, Because we took care of it. I, I've made sure to be faithful in pruning it. And, you know, so when, when something is, um, when something is fulfilling its purpose, so for an apple tree, it's to produce apples, right? So um, it's fulfilling its purpose. It's that, that flourishing as a result of doing, making sure that things are being done well so it could fulfill its purpose. Right. So if we have a, if we're looking at a flourishing family, it, it needs to be fulfilling the purpose of a family. So, so remember when we started way back when, and we talked about the purposes of marriage. So a family has the same purposes. You're just raising children within that marriage and um, which, and we call it a family, but it's the intent is, is that those children are going to grow up to be adults who themselves will leave mother and father, cleave to their wife and, or you to their spouse and, and have an, another family. Yeah. So if, if we look at it this way, um, we talked about the purpose of marriage is helping the task of dominion, uh, command companionship with means enjoying the fruits of one's dominion and, uh, and procreation. Mm. So when a family is flourishing, uh, you have, first of all, some godly dominion happening, right? So godly dominion. So like last week I talked about if, if it's godly, we mean that it's centered around God's word. Um, it's around it's centered around God and his word right so so a flourishing family has that at, at its center yeah so it, you you're not going to be able to properly have wise rule of your family if you don't know what God's word says mm-hmm. so the the first part of a flourishing family is one that's centered around God's word and it needs to be read and it ought to be studied. And just to back up to our the role of a husband, if, if you recall, in a few episodes ago when we talked about the, the role of a husband, the husband is the one who is responsible. God holds the husband as the head of the household is responsible for their household. They're responsible for the flourishing of their household. If anyone should be involved in the study of God's word, it needs to be the husband. Yeah. like. Everyone should, I mean, I mean, right. Should, but, but a husband must, yes, you must study God's word. I'm not saying, um, have devotions. Those are nice. Yeah. Those are nice. Have a devotion. Those are good. You know, read, you know, daily bread. Yeah, it's nice. It's, <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Right? But what I'm saying is, is that, that you need to study God's word. What does God say right in the westminster shorter catechism it asks about what you know what is the what are the what's the word of god principally teach 
Well, it principally teaches uh, what we are to believe about God and what duties uh, he requires of us. Right. So scripture tells us the duties he requires of us. And if I'm the head of the household, my household has duties that God requires of us. If I'm supposed to be held responsible for my household, I ought to know what those duties are and make sure that they're being fulfilled. Yeah. It's very nice to have a wife who does that and reminds you. It's that's great. It's great. I'm it's she we need help in the task of dominion. It's really great. But the moment you think that somehow you don't have to do that because you can just rely on your wife, um, that's not good, right? <laughs> so husbands, husbands, um, study God's word. Don't dabble with God's word. Study it, right? Yeah. Like I'm like study. We're, we're, yeah. You're... So, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Mr. Young, if I may ask. Like there are men out there. Well, there are women out there too, but there are men out there that are not necessarily at this point in time, studiers of the Bible, Um, you know, despite, you know, having their kids in a classical Christian school and, you know, showing up to church on Sunday, like where's a good place to start. And and I mean, I'm sure you get that question a lot, but do you have a, a particular portion of the Bible? That's like, you just would point fathers to that place okay yeah yeah Yeah. so that's a that's great um proverbs is one but the law (laughs) right exodus (laughs) numbers leviticus deuteronomy yeah read deuteronomy especially um that's those are the boring parts and they're weird and we want to skip them and we we want to go to the gospels or we want to go to some place that's it sounds nice and it's salvation and you know, mm-hmm. those are aw- awesome. Awesome. But you are to, you're to bear rule yeah. within your household and the laws of God are going to teach you what's right and wrong. And, and you can, and studying it will help you to derive the principles by which you ought to have a godly dominion um, and to bring a, a good order a biblical order within your household. So study those things. Um, I, I'd say, you know, all she really needs is a Bible and a notepad. Start reading it. And when you read it, write down questions you have. And then you can do searches on the internet. You can go buy books, buy commentaries, ask your pastor mm-hmm. for, for commentaries that would be helpful. And study, 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 study. So we, we remember we talked about, um, I, I think it was in our podcast where we talked about Jim Rohn, who, who talked about like, yeah, right. If you have a problem, write down, write down what you, what the problem is and then solutions. And then you evaluate the solutions. And once you've done that, you ask yourself, what, what books can I read? Then you go read those books and you evaluate those books. And then if once you, the third step is then to ask, so who can I ask? And then you go and you ask the yeah. question, right? So in the same way with Bible study, I think this is an important thing. Read the Bible for yourself first. Write down your questions. Then find some good resources and do your own study first. Once you've done the hard work of that study, 
then go ask your pastor and elder for help. Like, what does this mean? How does this work? How does it, right? Some of those things you could, pro- you'll probably find on your own, yeah. um, but you want to do it in conjunction with your pastor, with your, with your elder. Um, I, I am intentionally telling you, don't do the easy thing of simply asking someone first, like, because one, you probably aren't going to take it as seriously. You probably aren't quite sure of what the actual issues are, or you haven't taken the mental uh, exercises of figuring something out on your own first. Yeah. Do that first. Study first, then ask the questions. Does this right. make does this make sense, Noah? Right, it so, does. Yeah. So, so what we generally do is like going, I, I have a question. I'll just go ask the pastor. No, study first, research, then go ask the pastor or ask one of your elders. I say one of your elders because I'm one of the elders and I like it when people ask me questions. Yeah. And uh, Pastor Dan will often, uh, is often very busy. He loves to ask, answer questions also, as all my, our pastor staff do. They're often very busy. Um, and so there's a, there's a bunch of elders at our church. You can ask any of us. Those, that's kind of cool. But once you've said, hey, this is the question I have. It's on this particular passage of scripture. These are the commentaries or these are the things that I've looked at. These are the questions I still have. What what helped me? Oh, my goodness. It's like a dream come true for a pastor that you would ask that. <laughs> so if, 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 if you're having godly dominion, um, your household should be ordered biblically. And by ordered, I, I mean... Um, how are you spending your money? How are you spending your time? What are you, what are you guys, uh, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, the yeah. economy of that, the household it, and, and it, and in order to order it biblically, you have to know the Bible. So get to know the Bible. Um, and finally, part of the godly dominion has to do with work and rest, right? So, um, there are some works of necessity, like your job. Uh, working around the house, getting the house in order, making sure your children are fed and clothed and studying and work, all the other stuff that's normal. There's also works of charity, right? So I highly recommend any family to make sure that they are doing things. Remember the Trinity? We talked about this in in marriage, um, that, that Father, Son, Holy Spirit always love each other. And what does perfect love do? It creates something outside itself to love. Mm-hmm. There's there's love within a family. When you really truly love it within your family, what is that family going to do? It's not just going to isolate itself and and be self love. They're going to find things outside of their family to love. Yeah. Right. So find find elderly neighbors, find widows, orphans, find a ministry that you you as a family are investing in right and and do it for for the long term like this is just part of what it means to be in your family is that we we do these things also yeah we shovel the snow of all these older people's lots or these single moms lots we 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 rake their leaves or we mow lawns or we does that make sense it it's yeah. it's just it becomes part of who we are. And what happens is your kids grow up with that mindset. My, my daughter, the, we have one daughter left at home, Abby. Um, we have a neighbor down the street, a vet who had to get a leg amputated and, um, and the leaves are piling up. So she 
told her some of her classmates and she got a bunch of kids to come down. Oh, they raked his leaves. Yeah. He was so moved by that. <laughs> right. So moved by that. Well, where, where'd that come from? Well, right. she's used to being in a family that we do stuff like that. Yeah. So you, 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 you're developing a culture within a house. That's not just a household. That's not just about itself. It's, it's a, it's one of love in such a way that it's going to overflow outside. Okay. So, so there's also then, but it's not just those works of necessity that you're doing, but it's also the works of charity. And then there's rest, so work and rest. Um, and that's things like um, having Sabbath. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Making sure that you're, you're attending worship on the Lord's day and you're not working and that you're resting. Um, it also includes things like uh, fasting and feasting. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, so sometimes, sometimes there are tough things going on in life and, uh, and it might call for a time of fasting and prayer and just resting from other things so that you can concentrate on, mm. on, uh, on prayer and to you know, like, this is serious. And we need to, as a family, uh, pray about this or, or, you know, do something, or you might say, you know, we'll have the young, make sure the young children are still eating because they need it. Right. But maybe the older children, they can fast with you, um, for the sake of prayer for whatever the issue is, whether it's an internal family issue, whether it's an external thing, something going on at church, so the kids are learning this and then there's a time of feasting, right? So, so I, 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 I'll get to the marks of this in a little bit, but, but the feasting is an important thing. Yeah. Right. So during COVID and I had some of my adult kids were back in the house, unfortunately for them. I mean, <laughs> I loved it. I was, it was awesome to have them back, but we'd sit around the dinner table and two hours and we're still at the dinner table laughing and joking and having a good time eating and, you know, feasting and just, yeah. And, uh, and we talk about how, Oh, you know, it's, Oh, it's already, it's been two hours, you know, and sorry, we were, hopefully we're not keeping you anything. And they're like, no, this is, this is the best thing going on every day is dinner. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, so be a household that that's a good, it's awesome. Learn how to linger and have good conversation and have yeah. fun and, and, uh, and celebrate, have joy, you know, seeing your, you know, pray, uh, you know, yeah. just have it a, a, a good atmosphere and, um, and be, be, uh, um, have it filled with tradition and ritual and, you know, make sure you're praying and giving a great mm. thanks for the things that you do. And, um, when there's occasions for feast, that's beyond just a normal, you know, weekday meal, Um, you know, go all out, you know, get the decorations up and sing some songs and, you know, I love Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm saying I love food man. Thanksgiving's (laughs) coming up, Yeah, but but make sure you have some ritual involved where you're giving thanks for things like it's it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, so, so the next thing is, 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 you know, the, the purpose of marriage is companionship. So we talked about Dominion, help and dominion, but now now there's the companionship part. So it's not just you and your wife. Now you've got a family, you got children. Mm. And and that idea of companionship is one is you and your wife need to model a good relationship and and they need to understand what it looks like um for a for a a, a family that for parents who love each other. Yeah. Who just 
they're affectionate. They, they laugh, they, you know, they cry, yeah. there's no, there's peace. Right. So, so the, the, the idea of uh, the fruits of the spirit come out in that culture in a flourishing family, it's filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness, self-control that mm. all these things are, are seen in your relationships with one another. And it starts with the mom and dad, right? Mom and dad need to, they need, the kids need to see this. Yes. That they're gentle with one another. They're kind to one another. They pr prefer peace and not drama. Right. They, they do. Right. And I, it sounds, there's couples out there that prefer drama over everything. I don't know why it just, it's just weird to me, Yeah. but, but that's not a great example to your kids. Think of all the stress and problems it's going to show up for later on when all of a sudden they think that's normal and they, <laughs> they become drama to their, their right. future spouse. And they're like, Oh, no, I'm out. <laughs> right. So, so model these things and patience and you want your kids to be patient, model it. You want mm. them to be gentle, model it. You want them to be joyful, model it, yeah. model it. And if you can't do it, what are you sitting around for? Right. Learn it. Yeah. For crying out loud, for the sake of your family, for the sake of your, your children, learn how to be patient with one another, learn how to be kind, mm. learn how to be, you know, take yourself out of the situations where, you know, you're not going to be kind and patient and gentle. Just make yeah. an excuse, go into the bathroom, take a few breaths, say a prayer, come back in and model these things. Mm. Um, do it. Um, I, I hate, hate, hate the term fake it till you make it. Yeah. What what I want to say more is is that virtues are habit are things that are a uh, habit, right? Yeah. You you become what you do. You become what you do. So if you're not a patient and gentle and kind person, yeah. Um, the way you learn to be that is by doing it. So if you're if you're not feeling like you're going to be patient in the moment, excuse yourself. Make up whatever excuse it is. You know, going to the bathroom, I think, is the best one. Take those breaths, breaths, uh, pray to the Lord Jesus Christ that he will intervene for you. Yeah. Fill your, to be filled with the spirit, repent of whatever it is that's going on. And then for the sake of everyone, mm. um, operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Operate in the power because operate the power of the Holy Spirit. Go back in, act kind. Act generous, act gentleman, you know, th those things. And guess what happens over time as you continually do that, you're, you're going to be sanctified and the fruits of those spirit become more and more who you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, for, for crying out loud, this is, this is serious stuff, right? And again, no, I, I know this is weird. But it boggles my mind when when uh, when there are parents who are have been struggling with stuff like this for years, but they've never taken it serious enough to do anything about it. Mm. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh yeah, they've yeah. never taken it serious. So be serious. Like it's the 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 next generation of of God's kingdom, right? It's we're in, responsible for them. We should do everything in our power. And more, because since we have God, who is supernatural, it's beyond our power. Mm -hmm. We should be we should be doing it. So 
So the, and the, the, the third thing was uh, procreation, right? Um, part of the flourishing family is, is that you're having children. And when you're done having children, you should be figuring out how to love others. Right. Right. Um, whether it's your grandchildren, whether it's help babysitting, whether it's, you know, Titus uh, two. Uh, so where women kind of, you know, get together with younger women and, and help show them how they can love their, their husbands and, and do these things. Right. So this procreation it technically is about having children, but the concept of this um, continues on. Yes. So, so if you're listening and your your children are grown, um, there's still a lot of children that need to be loved. There's still a lot of moms and dads who are young who need nurtured, who need who need our help. So, so a flourishing family continues even into next generations or into other people's uh, lives. Yeah. So, so that, so flourishing family, right? Remember godly dominion, companionship, procreation. So a few suggestions, a few suggestions on this. Um, one is because the, the problem with human beings <laughs> is sin. Yeah. And, and the big issue that we have with our sin is that our loves are misordered. Our loves are misordered. Let me mention, right? We ought to love God above all things and then love others as ourselves. And, right, there's, there's a proper ordering of loves. Um, we often love idols ahead of God. We often love ourselves ahead of others. We, lo we love all sorts of things that it's, it's all misordered. One of my biggest suggestions is is this is that when we're working with our children and our spouse think about how we're shaping their desires or their loves thanks right what is what are the desires and loves that are being fed within your family mm -hmm. and how is that happening okay so uh what are the loves that they should have Right. And what are you doing about it? Right. Like, like for instance, um, I love the church of Jesus Christ. I love it. I hate when I'm not there. I hate it. I, you know, is my, is Jacob's well church, a perfect church? No, no, it is. No, it is not. Is it a good church? Absolutely. It's a good church. And I love that church and I hate it when I'm not there. And I linger when I am there. My kids are always upset with me. Come on, dad. Can't we, can we just go now? Right. Um, I'm, I'm, if you want your children to continue to, to be in church and follow the Lord, they should probably see how much you love Christ church. How, what are you doing to affect the desires of your children mm -hmm. to love not only God, but his church? Because it's in his church in which they're going to be fed. And it's in their, I mean, studies show, studies show, right? Um, when some, when your child moves away, if, if they don't get plugged into a church while they're in college, chances are they're not going to go to church when they're done. Mm. Right? Yeah. It's one of the big things. Why are they not going to church? Well, maybe a lot of kids are growing up in households where church just seems like an option anyway. 
right? It's not that my parents love church. It's an option, right? So the other part is, is that find out where your kid's heart is with church or with your particular church is, and how can you make it so that their hearts are being guided directed towards not only God and his word, but his church. Yeah. It's very, very important thing. Um, where is this heart? Where are their hearts being directed? Right. So I, I will, I will tell you too. Uh, I, I'm one of the myths, one of the myths of people coming, um, falling from faith or, or not continue to follow the Lord when they leave school is that, uh, they, they, they hit, um, you know, atheists or secularists, um, convincing arguments that God's not real or something that those make good movies, I guess. But, <laughs> right. But, but the, the reality is, and I'm speaking from someone experienced in, in Christian education and in, in church ministry and stuff. It's almost always the fact that they start sleeping with the someone they're sinning. And what's happened is they love their sin more than they love God. And they use that as an excuse to not believe him because as long as they keep believing God, they're going to feel guilty for doing the thing that they love. So their simple solution is to no longer believe in God as if that's somehow going to help their guilt. It doesn't, by the way. Right. So, yeah. so the, the issue is, is that why, what's been being formed in them that puts them on that trajectory rather than one of purity and faith? Does that make sense? Yes. And I, and I know we do, I'm not a big fan of purity culture or the purity rings and purity, this and purity that I, I mean, it seems like a shtick. Yeah. Right. The, the, the big thing is, is that, um, is, is that they need to believe what God's word says about these things and love what God has in store for them, that they have a, a good hope. And that's where their heart is being led that their heart is not being led by TikTok and by the promises of promiscu promiscuity, um, the, the idea that somehow they're isolated and alone and they're seek to have to save themselves for marriage, right? So what are they watching? What, what's, what's directing their heart? Yeah. It, what kind of music are they listening to? What kind of videos are they watching? What are, what are they being consumed with um, that's directing their heart? So it's, it's a, so those are my, my, that's my big suggestion is, is one is be a model for your children and, and think of things in terms of where's their heart directed, be it the type of family and the type of parents that it's going to, it's going to uh, cause their hearts to want what you have. Yes. That they're going to have a longing for your home because in it, they have experienced the love and the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ and that that's what they're looking for. And, and so when the temptations come, they're either going to resist the temptation yeah, or, or if, and when they fall in that temptation, their desire is to repent and to return to the, to the, to God. Yeah. Rather than, Oh, I like this way better than whatever I had at home or whatever I've been taught at Sunday school. Does that, does that make sense to you? Yes, Noah? absolutely. All right. So that's my, those are my big advice. I know that it seems, again, I feel like we've just hit the surface <laughs> of it, but I promise you, if you keep 
listening to quarter three strands, we will have other episodes in the future that'll come back around to both in education. We'll also talk more about the church. Yes. We'll talk more about parenting in particular uh, and some of those things. So, um, yeah. so it, I know that's, yeah. And it, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and that's, so this is the last episode of our third season. Yes. It was about family. Correct. What can people look forward to in the next season? season so um, you can look forward to um, talking about the church uh, in my, in our introductory one, the next week um, or next couple of weeks, whenever it is um, that when it, season four begins to come out, um, I'm going to begin talking about uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s talk about the church being either a, a, a thermostat or a thermometer, huh. the yeah. thermostat or a thermometer. It is my belief with Martin Luther King Jr.'s, that the church should be in this world a thermostat rather than a thermometer. A th- you know, a thermometer just simply measures the temperature. Yeah. A thermostat determines the temperature. And and what's happened in our world is the church is no longer a thermostat. It's just simply been a thermometer. We're not actively changing culture We when we ought to be. And so, uh, so next season, we're going to talk about the church. We're going to talk about what is the church. Uh, we're sp- going to talk about the church specifically in terms of uh, the kingdom of God. And uh, what does that mean? We're going to talk about um, some different aspects of the church that you might not have thought about um, in terms of it being an embassy, in terms of uh, things like what is the work of the people in the church? What does it mean that we're an assembly of God's people. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about covenant. We're going to talk about uh, eschatology, doctrine of times. Yeah. We're going to talk about theonomy, um, that is the uh, rule by God's law. Uh, it's a lot of great stuff in it. And it's exciting. I, it is exciting. It's going to be, um, I am going to probably say of our this will be our fourth season. Right. I will probably say that this fourth season is going to probably bring a lot of concepts that you might not have thought about because we don't talk about it anymore. Yeah. And, and uh, by anymore or not talk about it anymore, or even think about it anymore. It's I'm, I'm saying this is the way things have been thought of for many years, like centuries. And then, Yesterday we stopped thinking this way, right? <laughs> and so, and so, when I bring it up, you go, "Oh, I never heard about this before." Well, that's sad, <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Like, what is the church? What is our role? What's what's going on? What is the kingdom of God? What is our hope? What is the end in mind? And and God's purpose and plan for things. And the eschatology one, I I am going to purposefully talk about. Um, my belief about eschatology. Okay. And, um, and I, it's probably going to shock a lot of you. <laughs> How's that sound? That's good. Yeah. I'm oh, excited. Awesome. I'm not even going to comment on it. I'm just going to wait. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of A Quarter Three Strands. We're coming back with another season, a new season next week, and that's season four. Thanks so much. 